0: Good evening. Uh, this is going to be our first episode in a Mishnaya series which I hope will allow us to finish uh, Mesechtes Erevin, Tractate Erevin, in Moed um, over the next couple of weeks. And this year is going to be on the first parak, on chapter 1. And we are dedicating the year Li'il Nishmas, Esther, Bas, officials Zev, Wolf. Shahala uh, Chlalilama and her Shoshim is going to be on the 30th of Tammuz, so we are going to try to complete it by then. And as we learn, and if you join us learning uh, these Mishnaiyas, please have in mind as a schuss for uh, Esther Bass official Zevulf. Besetha starts off with a discussion about the laws of Mavli. Now, what a Mavli is is that it used to be that it used to have a public domain, a rishasarabim, and then off the public domain there was a side street that was surrounded on three of its sides by walls and in you know and uh in all of these walls there was a there were various courtyards that would open up um, into this mavoi, into this kind of alleyway or side street and uh, on the fourth side it was opened to the public domain. And even though halakhically this space does not constitute a public domain, a which requires it to be a space which is 16 amos wide and is open from both sides to a public domain or has 600,000 people walking through it, which we're going to get to later the various definitions of a public domain, Since this one is blocked off on three sides, which is called mifulish, and there's only one side that's open so technically this is not considered to be a public domain. However, the rabbis were concerned that since it opens up into a public domain people are not going to be careful and then they're going to carry from a public domain into the mavoi or from the mavoi into the public domain and transgress a biblical prohibition. So the rabbis instituted that in order for you to be able to carry inside a mavoi there has to be a certain, some feature, some physical feature that enables you to be able to recognize that you are inside a mavoi. And we are going to see that not everybody agrees that the idea over here has to do with it just being a hacker, a distinguishing feature. We're going to see that there's possibly another approach. The mission starts off as follows. Mavli Shahugavola Mama if you have a Mavli that is taller, meaning that the walls of the Mavli run higher than twenty amma, which is approximately 30-35 feet. Yamayat you have to lower, meaning to say that you have to bring down, you have to you when you put the cross beam, which is gonna be the Korah, Right, which is when you put the crossbeam across the entrance of the mavoi and the crossbeam is here in order for it to be noticeable that this is a new space that this is not simply a continuation of the public domain. So when you put a crossbeam there uh it has to be lower than 20 amos high and now 20 amos high is a familiar measurement to us because we know from the laws of sukkah and from the laws of Chanukah that by the laws of Chanukah you can have candles that are higher than 20 amos and by the laws of sukka, the roof of the sukkah cannot be higher than 20 amos and in both of those cases it's similar to here that the issue is noticeability, that people who are standing on the ground are not going to notice something that's so high up. So therefore if the point of the of the Korah is in order for them to be able to notice that this is a new space it is going to be too hot. Rebbe Yehuda Ayim, Rabbi Yehuda, says that this is fine, you can have this cross to be even higher than Twenty Amos. Uh, and therefore it's not a problem. The the Rav, Mibartanura, and the Rambam over here seem to imply that the debate between Rebbe Yehuda and the and the and the Tanakama, and the first opinion, has to do with what is the function of this beam. According to Rebbe Yehuda, the function of this beam is what we're gonna be seeing later is the principle that if you have a cross beam then there is a halachic notion of mechitza that we can kind of see as the cross beam and having a halachic wall that kind of extends down from the cross beam closing off this domain as a four-walled domain which will be okay. The Tanakama says that that's not what's that's not how it's working over here it's not working with this principle of, uh, kind of lowering a wall, which we're going to talk about later, but it is working with simply a principle of recognition, of heker. And therefore, something which is too high, it is not nikr. Now the Gemara brings in another consideration, the Gemara, the Mishta brings in another consideration, And if it is wider than ten Amos, if the space is wider than ten amos you might it's too wide and therefore again you're going to have a hard time knowing when Rishasarabim ends and the mavoi begins and therefore you would have to minimize the width of this mavoi or at least the width of that wall or that or that opening to Harabim in order to be able to carry there but if the mavoi has a doorway Right, alpha pisha who rochov may amos, but even if it's wider than ten amos, enay tzarech he does not have to minimize it. And the Rambam says that this doesn't just that this leniency is not just referring to a situation where the door is wider, but even for the, uh, the concern of the tanakama, when the walls are too tall. Right, if there is a tzuris it is going to be okay. Now, what is a tzuris the Rav explains that a Tzuras is a minimal shape of a doorway. It means that you have two Lechayayim, which we're going to talk about later, but two poles coming up along the sides, and you have a, even a very thin reed going across the top. But since there is a kind of noticeable doorway there, no matter how wide, no matter how tall, but you're able to see this doorway, then it makes it very clear that this is a... Um, that uh this is a uh, private domain. Sorry, that this is not a continuation of Rosh Sarabim. The 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 um the Bartanura mentions over here, and this is an important concept of which we're gonna need, is that they talk about the notion of what are tvachem and what are amos. So a ama, right, which we're gonna talk about, a ama, a qubit is defined in terms of tvachem. Now, there are six T'vachim in a Amah. Each Tafach is four fingers, um, including the thumb. El Right. so we say that, that there are different types of tefach. There are some. There is a smaller measure of tafakh where your hand is pressed together, and there is a wider measure of Tafach, where you allow your fingers to be relaxed. And therefore, you have to be strict both ways, that when you are trying, when the larger the measure, the more lenient, you obviously have to take the smaller one. When the, um, smaller the measure, the the more lenient, you take the larger one. Okay, um, let's go to Mishnah Bayes. Mishnah Bayes says as follows. Hek shirmavoy. So how do you, how do you prepare how do you make a mavoi kosher in order to be able to carry inside of it right so earlier we talked about how tall or how wide a mavoi has to be but now we're assuming that you now have a good mavoi that is fixable hechshar mavoi Beshamai Aimrim lechi Vikaira. so Beshamai says that in order to make the mavois a place where you can carry in you have to have a lechi and a korah a lechi is a beam that comes up along the side of one of the walls of the Mavri. So if you think about this fourth empty wall, right, which is looking into Rosh Hashanah, so either on the left or on the right, there has to be some sort of lechi, some sort of thin pole going up, and it only has to go up approximately 10 vachim, which is approximately four, not approximately, exactly 10 vachim, which is approximately 40 inches. And you also need a kora. A kora is a cross beam across at the top. Beisillel Omer says lechi aykaira. That you can have either a lechi, either this pole along the side, or aykaira, uh, um, uh, or a cross beam across the top. Either one is enough of an indicator to let you know that you are in a uh, space that is not Rosh Hashirah. Rabbi Eliezer says lechayim that one lechi is not enough. You need both. You have to have lechis on both sides and the Rav says that the halacha is not like, is, uh, is not like Rebbe Eliezer. Mishum Rebbe Yishmael uh, Amar was said in the name of Rebbe Yishmael, Talmud Echad lefinei Rabbi Akiva. So a student said from the name of Rebbe Yishmael in front of Rebbe Akiva, he said the following statement, Lonechliku So Beishamayi and Beishillel never disagreed a mavoi shahu pachos may arba on a courtyard that is not that is less than four amos wide, right? That is less than four amos wide. Shahu ay belachi ay So over there, it would seem that everybody would agree to the lenient opinion of Beis Hillel that if you have a very narrow mavoi, since it doesn't look in appearance at all like a Rishasarabim, even a minimal indicator of a lachi or a kaira will be enough. Almana what did they disagree about al on a mavoi on a courtyard that is wider than 4 amos ad Eser and until 10 right so between 4 amos until 10 amos it is still narrower than a standard Rosh but it is wider than you know this very tiny alleyway and therefore beshamay omrim lachi beshamay says since it is quite wide you need more of an indicator and therefore you need a side beam and a cross beam. Ubasilo Imram and Basil says ay Aikaira ay that it's still narrow enough that you would not need more. The Mishnah does not talk about what happens if it is wider than ten. But if you recall from the first Mishnah, if it's wider than ten, then you have other issues and you would anyways need a Sura Sapasak, which would satisfy the requirements of both Bishama and Baishilla. Uh I rem Ilachiya Kaira says that no this minimal amount is still enough. Amar Rabi Akiva Rabbi Akiva says Al Zatvi that there is no distinction between a Mavwe which is narrower than four amos or a malvi which is wider than four amos. They disagree with regards to both of them. Mishnah Gimel. Hakira Shaamru, the cover that we said, Rahava Kede Lakabre Ariak. So how Wide or prominent does this crossbeam have to be? <speaking in> Rechava <Hebrew> ariach. It has to be wide enough to be able to hold a brick. I am presume that they had a standard size brick at that time. Um, so the Mishnah will explain what this is. Ve'ariach <speaking in Hebrew> Ve'ariach And the ariach <Hebrew> is half a brick. Shell that is three Tvachim wide. So it needs to be a Tafak and a half. that's enough. that's enough. La that the Kaira, even if it is only wide at which is slightly narrower than the than the Ariach, it is still wide enough to be able to support it lengthwise. So that will be enough, even if you're if your um if your Korah is only one tefach wide. Rechava kedeh lekabal ariach, mishdadaret, It says if it's wide enough to hold a riach, ubriya kede la lekabal ariach, so not only does your chorus beam have to be wide enough to be able to sort a brick, it also needs to be strong enough to be able to support the weight of a brick. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says Rechava al pisha e'nei bria, that even if it's even if it's wide enough that I mean as long as as long as it's wide enough even if it's a flimsy thing that is not going to be able to support the weight that is enough. Okay the Rav says that the halacha that the halachic uh, um uh, uh, conclusion seems to follow the opinion of the Tanakama that it needs to be able to support a brick. Mishnah Hey shall kash I shall conim. If your crossbeam is made of straw or of reeds, Ryan Aisa ki ilu he shall we judge it as if it is it is it is made of metal, meaning that's how wide it has to be. Akuma if it's bent, meaning even though it can't really support a brick because it will slide off. Ryan Aisa ki we see right we we look at it as if it is it is uh, straight, meaning as long as if it would be straight, it could support a brick, that's enough. Agula, agula, agula. iluhi If it is wide, sorry, if it is circular, so it can't support a brick because it'll slip off. We judge it as if it is square. Kol If it has a three tefach circumference, yesh by tefach, we assume that the diameter is a tefach and that would be enough to support a one tafach or The Raf points out that the first case of the mishnah of kash ay of straw or reeds, that we can look at it as if it's metal, only conforms with the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda from the previous mishnah that said that it doesn't actually have to be able to support the weight, but this is according to Rabbi Yehuda and we don't follow this opinion. But it's, it's just interesting why Rabbi Yehuda's name was not mentioned here explicitly. Um, So when we talked about these, these, these l'chayayin, these, these, these side poles, they have to be 10 t'vachim tall, 40 inches tall. The reason is, is because there is an idea that Rosh harabim, a public domain, only extends 40 inches above the ground. Anything which is above that is viewed as being in a private domain and they could be wide and thick even a minimal amount right they don't have to be they don't have to have a a super measurable thickness Rabbi Yaisi Yaisi says no that they have to be three wide because he follows that he believes according to the rap says that he believes that there needs to be a that a, any, anything which will be used as a wall has to have some kind of significant or worthy amount and therefore he requires of and we do not follow this opinion and this is actually extremely important in modern day Erevin that our Lechayayim are often extremely thin and they are just supported by the strength of a telephone pole or some other structure. Mishnah, Mishnah Zion Bakal oisin you can use anything for a lechi, as long as it is kind of, you know, has the height requirements, it's fine. Afilu bedavar sheyesh even something which is alive, you can use for a lechi. So if you have a child or someone who is happy to stand in one place for a significant amount of time while you do your business, then this is enough for a lechi. Rabbi Yaisi Iser, Rabbi Yaisi says that, that anything which is alive, right, a living creature cannot function as a mechitza or ilachi. Now there's a question about if could a living thing mitame mishum gaylel so what a gailal means is is the cover of a grave so a gravestone or something which, which is used to cover a grave and it has its own form of uh impurity so the question is is that if could could a could a living thing, right, be considered, be, be considered to be the cover of a grave if it's standing on a grave, um, uh, so, you know, if let's say it's kind of, so, if let's say it's kind of bent over, or, right, or lying down or covering a grave with its body, does that constitute the cover of a grave in order for it to be able to make people impure? So Rabbi Meir Matar, Rabbi Mayor says that it cannot and the Tanakhama says that it can't. The uh, fin'alav of nashem, and are you allowed to write on it a divorce, you write on a living creature a divorce document. Uh, the case in the Gemara, the Gemara Gittin talks about tattooing it onto a slave or some other creative but slightly kind of sadistic idea that, that you may have how to send this particular divorce document. So halachically, technically, it is permissible. It functions as, it could function as a divorce document. Rabbi Haglili, Paiso Rabbi Yaisi Haglili, disagrees because he derives it from the word sefer that a book that the same way a book generally speaking is not a living thing so too a divorce document cannot be written on a living thing. Mishnah Chas talks about the case of a caravan that's in a valley. There is a discussion, Doesn't is it specifically are all the cases we're going to talk about from now on referring to specifically in this accident circumstances of a caravan? Or it's simply talking about when these cases are regular, and we're gonna we're gonna see this later in the Mishnah. Shiyara If you have a caravan that is resting in a valley, and you surround the caravan with the um, uh, various implements and tools that you use for the animals, right? Meaning to say, you build a wall out of these chariots, out of these wagons, or yokes, or whatever you are allowed to carry inside of it. It's considered to be a valid wall. And provided that this impromptu fence that you built is 40 inches high. And the holes or the spaces in the wall, meaning if you kind of sum up all the empty space and you sum up all the space that's filled, right, that the empty space, the area of the empty space is not greater than the area of the place that's filled. Kol shahik and if you have any hole in this wall that is ten amos or less, it is permissible because it could be viewed as a doorway, as kind of as a exit. because it's like a doorway. mikan if you have a greater a space that's greater than ten five than than ten amos. it is forbidden because it's just viewed as if you have nothing there. It's not viewed as a door as a doorway. Mishnah Tess so you, let's say you want to have, you want to build an impromptu wall, and this, if you'll notice, if you have a canvas sukkah, you'll see if, you, if some of them come with a string and we follow exactly this procedure to make a halachic wall. You can wrap three ropes, one on top of the other. There cannot be a distance between the two ropes of three tvachim because anything less than three tvachim has the principle of love. The idea of love is that things that are three tvachim apart are viewed as being connected. So you have a halachic wall as long as you have some uh, material in, in, within every space of three tvachim. Shir chavalim, how, you know, how, how much do the chavalim have to be? For and with, have to be greater than a Hakal in order for there to be able to be forty inches. Because if you think about it, right, if you have if you have three ropes, and um, mm-hmm. so you have a space of and there's three between each one that only takes up nine tafachan. so you're still gonna have to have a tafak of rope in order for there to be um Tantvachim altogether. But if you have four or five layers of rope, which we have in our sukkah, then the rope does not have to be wide at all. Makifim Bekanim, you could surround your camp or you can surround yourself with reeds, meaning with you know uh, vertical pipes. Ubilvachalo right that there can't be a space between the reeds of more than three t'vachim as a similar principle to what we talked about earlier with ropes so you should still have the advantage of lavod. Ba sheyara we were talking about a caravan, divrei Yehuda, meaning that all these solutions are only in the kind of extreme circumstances of travelers who have no other choice. V'chachamen, but normally this is not okay to do. or say lo dibruh ba the only reason why the Mishnah mentioned a caravan is just because this is, you know, the, 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 the common, you know, the, the common case where, um, where, where, uh, um, where people would rely on such measures, otherwise usually have more permanent solutions, but, you know, this is okay in general, uh, so, so that's depending of the chacham. If you have any wall, right? So this is going according to, to the to the opinion of um, Rabbi Yosi bar Rabbi Yehuda, right? He says any shall shall shasi erev. Any mechitza Rabbi bar Rabbi He introduces a new requirement, which will also disagree with everything we said earlier. That a valid wall cannot be horizontal beams or vertical beams, it has to be both. It has to be like a woven structure. So you have both horizontal and vertical. That one of these two is enough, whether it's horizontal or vertical. There are four things which we were lenient with regards to a warrior camp, to a army camp. May they are able to bring wood even from outside the Tchum. and they don't have to wash their hands from before the meal. Um, at least according to the opinion of the Rav, and, and he says, because before the meal you wash your hands for halachic reasons, but after the meal they do have to wash their hands because the reason is is that when they would eat, you know, salt, some salt, it was a concern that they would put their fingers in their eyes after the meal and this would be very dangerous. So therefore the washing of the hands after the meal is because of uh, health risk and therefore there's no room to be lenient so they're only oper- so, so. they're only absolved from washing their hands before the meal. Umidmai, so umidmai refers to fruits or vegetables that you are not sure whether or not Meister was taken off from. So normally we have to be strict and take off Meister and tithe them again but soldiers in the battlefield do not have to do that. Uh, 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 and they don't have to make eruve Chatseros. Now Eruvei Chatseros is referred to when you have a bunch of houses in one area, they have to kind of make what's called the Erev Chatseros, where they in some sense join together. But it's not referring to the Eruvei Tchumen, which we're going to be talking about later, that, that they are going to have to do. making Meaning our standard idea of Eruvei. But the Eruvei Chatseros, that they will not have to do. So this is the end of the first pack, and we will continue with the second pack next time. Have a good night.